You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guests, Bob Costello of the American Trucking Association and Bobby Holland of U.S. Bank. Bank Freight Payment Index collects actionable data from the national and regional levels to give businesses important insight into market conditions to help inform decision making. The trucking industry uses that data to stay keenly aware of recent trends to avoid potential pitfalls in a fluid and shifting economy. Bob Costello of the American Trucking Association and Bobby Holland of U.S. Bank join us to share their observations on some of the recent trends they're tracking. Joining me this morning on the Inbound Logistics Podcast are Bobby Holland, Vice President, Director of Freight Data Solutions for U.S. Bank, and Bob Costello, Chief Economist and Senior Vice President for the American Trucking Association. Gentlemen, thank you for coming back to the Inbound Logistics Podcast. Thanks for having us. Guys, to differentiate, uh, if I could get you each to do a quick introduction to yourself and what you're doing with your respective companies. Uh, Bobby, let's uh, start with you. I'm Bobby Holland. Uh, As you stated, I'm the Vice President and uh, Director of the Freight Data Solutions team at U.S. Bank in our uh, corporate payment solutions. <clears throat> My team is a new product team that's tasked with developing, you know, value, valuable products, data-related products for our customers. And one of our initial offerings is, of course, the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index. And that's what we're here to discuss today. Excellent. And Bob, for you, please. Yeah. I'm Bob Costello. I'm Chief Economist and uh, Senior Vice President of International Trade uh, at the American Trucking Associations. I've been here longer than I like to admit, over 20 years. Uh, but I love this industry, and I love looking at all this stuff. And so, you know, I, I've been analyzing the industry for a very long time, and I'm very excited to be part of the uh, U.S. Bank Freight Payment uh, Index and writing the commentary for that. I think it's an excellent indicator. It's another great snapshot into such an important sector for the macro economy. I mean, uh, trucking is by far the largest largest mode of freight transportation, and uh, this index and these indexes that U.S. Bank is is developing, uh, I think, is another really interesting and insightful uh, view into that, especially uh, you can look at it with the regional indexes. Excellent. And Bobby, let's uh, let's pick up on what uh, Bob just said about the index. Uh, Explain to our new listeners who are jumping on every day what uh, U.S. Bank is, uh, what it does, what kind of customers it serves, and more specifically about the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index. Uh, how's it formulated? What are some of those key indicators uh, and so on? Give us a background shot of all of that. Okay. Generally, people are familiar with the U.S. Bank, but uh, they're not necessarily familiar with the fact that we pioneered electronic freight payment over 20 years ago. Uh, we currently process over $27 billion in annual freight payments across 34-plus million invoices Um, Our clients are in the public sector, automotive, retail, manufacturing, and wholesale, and we also have a government uh, division as well. And we make payments in over 50 countries and 14 currencies, of which 97% uh, are electronic. And so with this, we generate a lot of data, and again, our interest in servicing our customers is to provide um, even more valuable insights into the data, uh, as well as to demonstrate a measure of thought leadership in this space. And so, again, one of our initial offerings is the Freight Payment Index, which is uh, produced quarterly. Um, It's with the data, it's sourced from the data involved in these transactions that I mentioned and our freight payment platform. Um, Again, we cross multiple industries, including automotive, food, manufacturing, retail. And basically what we do is we take the use this data to calculate 
um, index values in our freight shipment and freight spend. And we do this to basically reflect our perspective on the economy at large. As we've alluded to before, um, our index, and thank you, Bob, for that, um, our index uh, starts at the national level, but one of the ways that we differentiate our perspective is we also break it down at the regional level, uh, the west, southwest, midwest, southeast, and northeast regions. And this is based on the state of origin for a shipment. So again, this is another perspective on the marketplace, another perspective that can be used to help inform uh, business decisions for our customers. And the changes in the index can uh, indicate trends in transportation, but also Again, leading indicator of the economy at large. Great. Now, Bob, for you, obviously you have uh, your eye on this index. Although some of the indicators are pointing upward, there's a caution there, and I'm going to quote from it. Uh, quote, the indices also support the indication that trucking, as well as the broader economy, could witness decelerating growth in the quarters ahead. Uh, what are some of those indicators that are pointing to that deceleration? Okay, yeah. So besides the, the, the freight indexes from U.S. Bank, there are several economic indicators that are decelerating. Now, let me be very clear here because some people get confused by this. Still growing, okay, but decelerating, meaning slower growth rates, right? And, and these really um, include important drivers of truck freight. I like to call them the buckets of freight that are out there. For example, retail sales increased just 3.7% in the fourth quarter of last year from the final quarter in 2017. That's more than a full percentage point lower than the annual gain last year. And in December, it was up just 2.3% year over year. So definitely decelerate. To be sure, the labor market is strong. Retail sales will increase again this year, but I think this is an example of it slowing. And while we don't have December housing starts yet because of the government shutdown, in October and November, starts contracted 3.7% year-over-year, well below the 4.5% projected annual gain last year. Now, I still expect housing starts to increase this year, but this sector has disappointed as mortgage rates have increased, and there are some supply constraints, and I think is another example of a deceleration going out there. And then the third big bucket of freight is manufacturing production, uh, which, after increasing 2.7% in 2018, is expected to increase closer to 2% this year. And GDP growth will go from above trend in 2018, which was, you know, is around 3%. And trend, by the way, is about 2% to less than 2.5% growth this year, still above trend, though, uh, to below trend in 2020. So as a result, truck freight will, you know, when you have these buckets of freight decelerating, you can also expect trucking to decelerate. You mentioned uh, a little bit about the government activity going on. China's trade surplus with the U.S. is is even higher given the trade war that we're currently in. Uh, given that purported progress on some of those trade talks uh, that may or may not put a stop to inventory hoarding, how is that going to impact rate projections for 2019? Right. Well, I, let me let me talk about the the trade situation because it is. Um, very fluid at this time, especially with China. We're using these 301 tariffs, and we literally have negotiations going on as we speak. Yes, retailers in particular have been stockpiling goods due to the threat of tariffs going from the current 10%, which went on last year, to 25% on March 2nd, which is just around the corner. Right? Now, here's the good news. 
the president has noted a willingness to extend that deadline. That would be a po- I take that as a positive sign. However, if we go down the road, should talks stall and we do this 25% increase in t- to, from 10% to 25%, I will downgrade my economic outlook and my outlook for the trucking industry, right? And that would impact rate the rate environment, supply environment, demand environment happening. So <clears throat> let me note one other thing. The Department of Commerce recently sent over a recommendation to the White House about using what's called Section uh, 232 tariff. Don't worry about the number, but this has to do with national security and a national security threat. And what this recommendation, we don't know if they said we should do this or not, but what it's around is uh, putting a 25% tariff on all imported cars. Now, this might be a negotiating tactic for trade talks with the EU, but if we go down that road and actually do it, I will also also be downgrading the economy and the trucking industry. I want to go back uh, to your emphasis on decelerating growth. There's a difference between decreasing and decelerating growth. Maybe talk about how that impacts the state of capacity in the face of those uh, decelerating growth rates. Sure. So uh, again, to sort of reiterate, when I see, because, and, and this is a great question, because when I'm out speaking and so forth, and I say decelerating, I sometimes you can see like people like, is he mean contracting? No, I do not mean contracting. What I simply mean is we're going to go from a, a growth environment of, of strong growth to slower growth, but still growth. That's the good news. In terms of capacity, we saw in, in 2016 and 2017, especially for large truck locators, we saw capacity falling. That is essentially stopped in 2018. And by the end of the year, the truckload industry was actually increasing uh, tractor capacity a little bit. Um, And so we actually saw by the end of the year, some of the largest year-over-year growth rates in capacity since 2015. But for the year, it was up just very, very little. So if you couple the fact that capacity has stabilized, we're going from an environment where it was falling to stabilizing, uh, with the fact that volumes are decelerating, that is why the national spend index, the U.S. Bank national spend index, increased 8.2% in the fourth quarter versus 17% for the entire year. Now, let me be very clear. 8.2% growth is still really solid, but clearly it has been decelerating. So, Bob, the index refers to uh, a March 2nd deadline for a a tariff increase. Uh, Do we expect another round of inventory pull forward of that deadline? So I speak to retailers frequently, and yes, they have continued the stockpiling, not as aggressively as last fall, but they have continued it in the first quarter. This is one of the reasons why we've seen some other economic indicators around inventory levels. I like to look at the Census Bureau's uh, inventory to sales ratio, and it was increasing uh, late last year. Now, we don't have the full year because of the government shutdown, but it had been increasing. Now, I'm not too alarmed by the level yet, but fleets should expect softer than normal conditions as retailers and and others, including manufacturers, uh, work off these these, uh, stockpiles going forward. As for the indexes going forward, the U.S. bank indexes, uh, I would expect uh, modest growth when taking everything into consideration. This would include the inventory stockpiling, a moderating economy, and and also actually tougher year-over-year comps. Early 2018 was really good. Uh, So with that said, you know, uh, tougher comps, more modest growth, but the sky is not falling. We expect it to be uh, decent. Okay. Now, uh, 
the Northeast region saw a record high in the spending index, um, solid holiday spending. Uh, many online retailers like Amazon expected lower holiday sales. Uh, how can e-commerce retailers and their uh, supply chain management partners utilize the index to assess those impacts to their businesses on uh, a regional and a national basis? Well, so one of the ways this can be done, uh, because again, understanding that the index informs business decisions. Uh, it doesn't tell you what to do. It just tells you what's going on. And it tells you the impacts that are possibly affecting what's going on. It gives uh, a user of the index the ability to inform their decisions. For example, you know, Bob has mentioned about impacts to inventory for tariffs, um, which, as we know from um, the commentary, for example, in the West region, it affected port volumes tremendously, uh, which means, you know, Goods are coming in at an extremely high rate, which means those goods then have to be moved, which is going to affect capacity, um, which is going to affect um, inventory management, and it's going to affect costs, all of these factors. And when we go down from the, na the national overview, which tells us how fast things are moving, uh, down to the regional, which says here's what's affecting each particular part of the country um, in its own way, it informs decisions that say, I see these things coming. I also have access to my own internal business intelligence. Now I can use this to either validate some of those things, but also to, to help me know where to look um, as I manage my business. So, you know, if you know as a retailer, for example, that you've got a lot of extra inventory coming in, it's going to affect your pricing. It's going to affect your costs uh, as you try to get those out um, to the customer. So, like I said, it's, it's more of an extra information source that informs decisions rather than telling you exactly what you need to do. Okay. Now, regarding those decisions, uh, with the tariff impacts and the uh, recent government shutdown, uh, how do our listeners best utilize the U.S. Bank freight shipment uh, and price index to support making those decisions? Well, again, all of these things have impacts on uh, the ability to move your goods. And so if you consider that this is just one more source of information uh, that you use in conjunction with your own internal business systems, it doesn't show you exactly what to do, but it tells you what's happening on the ground. Because, again, this information is derived from, you know, actual business transactions, what is actually occurring. And so, again, it tells you the direction and velocity of uh, the, the industry, and it's part of a picture that helps to inform and guide decisions rather than make them. Okay. Do you see uh, any use cases for the index that extend beyond freight benchmarking and, uh, and trends? Uh, and if so, are, what are some of those examples? Uh, as far as other use cases, um, again, it helps to drive reviews um, of business decisions. Um, as you take this information in, you can start to correlate it with other economic factors, such as the actual industries that are impacted. You know, if you're a manufacturer, uh, you can take the information, the trending that is built up over, you know, going on eight quarters of, of publishing of the freight index, um, the, the economic commentary. You know, we try to add in, uh, through Bob, we try to add in extra information aside from just the raw numbers that, again, helps you to look at your business, looks at the region that you do business in, and you can start to see how things are happening over time. And again, this helps to inform your decisions uh, along with other uh, business intel you may have uh, in your own domain. And uh, one more time for our audience, uh, where can they go to get more information about the index and uh, the ATA? The index can be accessed from freight.usbank.com.
And people can find ATA at trucking.org. Excellent. Bobby Holland, Bob Costello, thank you again for joining us. Thanks for the great information. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon, I hope. Thanks. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game.